Welcome to Lit with Kelly and Jacqueline, the podcast. If you're one of the people who have stopped by our blog at litwithkellyandjacqueline.com, thanks for reading and for finding us here. If this is the first time you've heard of us, we're glad you found the podcast. I'm Kelly. And I'm Jacqueline. And we're back here in the book cave. It's been a while. Yeah, but here we are again. Here we are again. I know, it's like we fell off the face of the earth or something. Our producer just told us we're <laughs> here for episode 38. 38. Of this little yeah. creative effort that we started. <laughs> a few years <laughs> All, back. Not quite four years ago. So we're, you know, 10 a year. That'll be, that's about I right. that's a good goal. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so we're here today to talk about um, the, the book we promised <laughs> to do back in, in July. July. Um, this Life is, gets in the way. Yeah, this episode, we're going to cover Ellen Hildebrand's 29th novel, The Five Star Weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we get into the book, do we want to talk about what we're sipping on today? Yes. So there's uh, a lot of things we could have gone with in, in this book. Yeah, there's um, a lot of consumption in this story. <laughs> there was. Food and drink. Mm-hmm. So we are we have a champagne and a Chambord mixture yeah. for a nice little cocktail. Yeah. And a beautiful champagne glass and a pretty collar. Kelly broke out her finest cut I did. glass flutes for I this. Did. So cheers. cheers. Let's have a little sip. Oh, that's good. I like it. Mm-hmm. We kind of guessed at the ratio. We went two to one, champagne to Chambord. Mm-hmm. It worked out. It was really good. I, you know, I'm not a huge raspberry fan, but mm-hmm. with champagne, it works. It cuts down the, um, surprisingly, I feel like the Chambord cuts down on the tartness of the champagne. Yeah. Even though raspberries aren't that sweet. No. But but it's good. It is good. This is my favorite, like, $10 bottle of champagne. Oh. <laughs> I brought the I only brought the <laughs> finest ingredients today. You didn't get the expensive one, huh? Well, you know, I I do like one big champagne splurge every year on New Year's. That's about it. This is like the best. You can find it at like any like liquor store or even the grocery stores that carry wine. Um, this is almost always on the shelf for like ten or twelve bucks and it's not bad. So mm-hmm. yeah. And Kelly has a treat for us today. So, yeah. So you know when you purchase the book ahead of time, you get these little like special things. Oh, you got it from Nantucket Booksellers. Yeah. Did you get... Well, I asked for it for a gift, so I don't know where it came from. Oh, okay. So, yeah. yeah. yeah, So they always put, like, the little little tchotchkes or something Mm -hmm. in it. So it was a card... That talked about the itinerary of a five-star weekend if you were to do it yourself, okay, and it okay. gave recipes in there. Mm-hmm. And so this is the uh, roasted onion dip. Oh, and that Hollis makes in the yes, book? Yes, yes, <gasps> yes. This so is very exciting. basically all you do is you roast some onions in the oven, mm-hmm. and then you put sour cream and the onions in the food processor, and you just mix it all up. And there you go. You have it. I like how you said all you do is just roast the ovens. Like that doesn't require all the chopping and the time consuming roasting piece of it. But but it took like twenty five to thirty minutes oh, to roast. Oh, that's better than I yeah, thought you were going to no. say. Somebody earlier this week made. Um, I was at a, a book club, a book club in my neighborhood where the host made a caramelized like French onion, mm. like um, not souffle. What is the cheesy stuff? Fondue. Yes. A French onion fondue. And it, she had to caramelize the onions. Well, that takes a and while. And that take, she's that like, oh, yeah, I just like put them on the stove all day. That takes yeah. a while. But, all right. Ready? Okay. So let's have a little taste of this. I'm going to lean back a little so mm-hmm. we're not crunching in your ear. Ellie, that is store quality. It is. Nice job. 
It's not as like oniony. Oh my gosh, it's so it's a good. Little sweetness because they were roasted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Was it a white onion or a yellow onion that you used? White. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow, I'm impressed. Mm-hmm. That if I didn't know, I would have guessed that you dumped that out of a container from the grocery store. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's really good. Mm. All right. Well, <laughs> I'm gonna try not to chew in your ear while we do this, but God, that is really good. Mm-hmm. Good for you. Okay. Before we get into Five Star Weekend, do you want to tell everyone what you've been reading lately? Oh, well, you know. Probably not since July, but. (laughs) Well, no. What about most recently? But, you know, it's like I didn't even make my reading goal this year. Again, I did second year in a row, so now I've lowered it again. But Okay. But, you know, I'm just going to highlight some of the ones that I really, really liked. Mm -hmm. I read Matthew Perry's biography. Oh, me too. Loved it. Um, Before he passed away. Yeah, same. Um, I finally read a couple of the Colleen Hoover ones, Verity. Okay. I was so disturbed by Verity. <laughs> and I was so disturbed by um, It Ends With Us, okay. too. I've only read Verity. Oh, I was disturbed. I read Only the Beautiful by Susan Meisner. Okay. Have you read that one? That was Mm-mm. pretty good. I read Susan Meisner, but not that one. Um, oh, I read um, Counting the Cost by oh. Joel Duggar. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. As an aside, did you watch Shiny Happy People uh, on I Amazon? Did. Okay. All right. I did. We'll discuss yeah. that later. Mm-hmm, we will. It's a different podcast. So that's what I've been uh, uh, okay. reading. All right. Well, most recently, um, I, as as I talked about earlier this year, I've been listening to a lot more audiobooks than I have in the past few years because my commute got longer. Um, mm-hmm. So I think probably of the 60 or so books that I read last year, I'd guess that half of them were audiobooks and so um but i'm counting them all i this this is like an ongoing debate online anything counts yeah. i don't care how you're reading it how you're consuming it it all counts as reading so don't we say that with children you I, can read yes, a cereal box read and it whatever you want <laughs> okay. absolutely so um so i'm already i'm really proud of myself we're only you know a couple weeks into january and i'm already at five books for the year oh good for you um but i was telling Kelly before we got started, I have a lot more required reading to do now because I'm leading the book club for work. So um, I read uh, Let Us Descend by Jasmine Ward, and I listened to mm-hmm. that. Um, Heartstopper Volume 5 came out, so I got my hands on that, and that was just a quick read. But um, there's only going to be one more volume, according to oh. the book jacket. So I'll be excited to see how she wraps up that series. And I just listened to The Heaven and Earth Grocery Store by James McBride. Um. That was a really interesting listen. I was expecting um, like an event-driven story, and it was really like an examination of the people in this neighborhood, which I really, I liked more than I thought I was going to. And then I, you know, I took another scan through the five-star right. weekend. It's been a while. It's been a minute. <laughs> so, um, yeah, there was there was lots of stuff at the end of the year that I, I, I made my way through, but now I'm deep into movie watching for award oh. season, so I'm mm-hmm. not maybe reading as many actual books as I would have liked, but I'll catch up. Right. All right. So um, do you want to give a synopsis of the five-star weekend before we get into spoilers? Yes. So basically, this is a story of um, Hollis Shaw. Mm-hmm. Yes. That um, she recently lost her husband. So and she has a, a, a daughter who's like in her early 20s, who's off to college. And so um, she's devastated by the loss of her husband. So she read somewhere that when somebody else lost their husband, they she held this five star weekend. And so she thought, in order to make myself feel better, then I'll hold a five star weekend. And so she invites um 
And the premise of the Five Star Weekend is that you invite uh, your best from and from best friend from each stage of your life. Right. And so she does that, and then they all come to Nantucket, to her house on Nantucket. And the drama ensues from there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this idea really appealed to Hollis because she's been um, dealing with, not dealing with, she's been enjoying some newfound notoriety on the internet with her website and yeah. recipes and cooking tips and party hosting ideas. And so she's got thousands and thousands of followers across the country. So. They're all clamoring to know how this weekend is going to go. Right. And um, I thought it was interesting that she asked her daughter to film it. Right. Yeah. We'll get into that in spoilers. But um, she wanted, you know, some sort of video record of the whole thing. And I think that she thought it was going to be just like a nice little memento to share with everyone about all the fun that they had that weekend. And though those interviews in the video actually... Um, they taught everybody a lot more about the other people at the weekend. Yeah, I think she was envisioning more of like showcasing her house and the food that mm-hmm. she made, and you know that's not where yeah it went. So mm-hmm. okay, so we've covered the drink, we've covered our bonus snack, <laughs> we've given <laughs> you a synopsis, have a snack. and um, I, we've talked about what we're reading. So it, it's been so long. Is this where we get into spoilers? This now? is where we get into spoilers. <laughs> All right, so three, two, one, spoiler alert. So there's there's kind of a lot going there's there's a lot going on here. Hollis is is our main character, but each one of her stars, her mm-hmm. BFFs from you know a time in her life, gets a pretty significant amount of time in the story. Right, and you know as we were saying, we were discussing a little bit earlier, but I you know I, I read it first uh, back in July when it first came out, mm-hmm. and I liked it. I wasn't really fond of the character so much. Okay. I, but then I just reread it the second time. I liked it a lot better the second time around. I agree. Um, and I, I had more empathy for the characters. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, and I was, and I was saying, like, if I were to invite all my best friends from different periods of my life, would they all have this same drama? <laughs> I mean, that just seems like there's a lot of drama going there on. There is a lot of drama. Like, their lives are just, I mean, everybody has something that is not the best thing in their life, right? But I feel like this was a lot of drama. Yeah. So, let's lay let's lay out the characters so we can discuss them um, in detail. Mm-hmm. So, so, we have Hollis, who's our hostess and the recently widowed character, mm-hmm. and her daughter, Caroline. Yep. Who is the film intern um, who has been hired to cover the weekend with, or, you know, to get all the, the footage. Um, we have Hollis's best friend from high school, from childhood and high school, Tatum. Mm-hmm. Um, and what Tatum has going on is that she has recently discovered a lump in her breast and she's waiting for biopsy results to find out whether or not she's um, going to have to battle the same breast cancer that her mom died from. So she's got a lot of private um, anxiety going on about these test results. We have Drew Ann, who is Hollis's best friend from college, Mm -hmm. um, who has some professional drama's not even the word. Uh, There's some some stuff going on with her job. She's a TV host on a sports show, and she's a representative for some athletes. She's a sports agent. and, um, And she's been video recorded saying something 
about um, an athlete who has decided she's going to use a mental health claim as a reason to skip an event. And what Duran knows that the rest of the public is not aware of is that she's faking that event so that she can go do this thing. But what's video recorded and shared online is not that part of the discussion. Right. And so Duran has some some professional things going on. And then we have Brooke, Brooke. who is a Hollis's best friend from when her when her kid current life. They're all basically. their kids were little. Yeah. Um and Brooke has some marital stuff going on. Her husband is being sued for sexual harassment. harassment. And um, Brooke is really feeling a little bit adrift since her kids have gone off to school and she's still with this guy who she knows is not the best, but she's trying to figure out what to do about that. And then the mystery character. Gigi. Gigi. uh, She is someone that Hollis has been communicating with via her website um, and what we, the audience, come to know that Hollis does not know is that Gigi was carrying on an affair with Hollis's husband when he died. Mm-hmm. And um, I, there was, there was some like reluctance as a reader to like that you couldn't just shout at Hollis and be like, "It's not smart to invite someone from the internet." No, to right. your house. But I feel like a couple characters in the book said that. They like, tried to convince her that this maybe wasn't the best idea. <laughs> right. So these four women are are summoned is the wrong word, but they're all invited. Um, and and she's sort of said like, "You asked what you could do for me when Matthew died, and this is what you could do for me is to come do this weekend." And so they all show up, um, and they don't. They they don't know each other, or they barely know each other, or they don't like each other. And if they barely know each other, they don't like each other. Right. So, um, but they're all doing this nice thing for their friend who they care about, and it's only three days, and so they're trying to get through Hollis's itinerary. Right, and it's it's a loaded itinerary, mm-hmm. man. I mean, yeah. there's like hardly any downtime. It's a lot of drinking, a lot of food, mm-hmm. <laughs> which Hollis is known for. Right. Yep. And then, you know, fancy restaurants and... Yes. Yes. And so um, I did like in the this, and we've talked about this in past Ellen books, that first um, introductory uh, chapter where we're, like, we're oh, Islanders, we're, right? Yes, yes. Where we're a part of the audience, yeah. we're observing what's happening. Yeah. Um, we get a little bit of the inside, like, um, omniscient view of where, you know, how Hollis grew up. Her mom died when she was young. Um, she, you know, her dad raised her. And when she went off the island, everybody was, like, really proud of everything she had done. And now she's back, but as, a, like, a local summer, slash summer person. Yeah, she's more of a summer person now. And, and so this local. is some of the um, some of the tension that has come up with her oldest best friend, you know, the longest ago, and, um, and has affected the way she's living her life on the island now. So... The, and so, part of that drama was because... Um, Hollis, back when they were choosing college, said that she was going to go to Western, was it Western Massachusetts? UMass. UMass. And um, she didn't tell him to the last minute that she was going to University of North Carolina. Yeah. So she kind of reneged on a promise that she made. Yeah. And then it's probably important to know that she, like her first love was also when she was in high school. They broke up when Hollis went to UNC and sort of never looked back. And um, and he shows up halfway through the book. Too. Right, right. So, 
Uh, there was, yeah, there's a lot going on with each one of these characters that I did enjoy on the second run, like you said, like focusing a little bit more on what was happening with each one of them and sort of trying to put myself into their shoes. Right. I can't live some of these lives. Like, I don't no. <laughs> I, no. I don't have the money to live some of these lives. No. But, um... But I did find myself identifying more with a couple of the characters than I did the first time through. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. So we, okay. So when they all show up, they immediately, they're like, well, the the thing that we're going to do to sort of warm up to each other is, is start drinking, right? right. And so they, um, they, they're all familiar enough with each other except Gigi. Nobody knows Gigi. Right. But she's the coolest person. Yes. Everybody just, when she walks in the room, it's like, oh, man, because she's gorgeous. She dresses well. Effortlessly chic. Yes. She's got grace. She's got the British accent yep. that people, <laughs> just puts everyone at ease. Yep. And immediately, I think that their um, hesitation or their reluctance about Hollis inviting this stranger from the internet is put at ease. They're, you right. know, they're very much, uh, oh, well, she's, she's fine. She's not, <laughs> she's probably not a serial killer. <laughs> no, she didn't come in with weapons or right. anything like that. So, and, um, and so they each, they each get a chance as the weekend unfolds to spend a little time kind of in pairs. They, the, the group mixes and matches and they, um, they get to know and resolve some long standing beef. Right. Over the course of these few days. And the one thing about uh, Hollis and Caroline is their relationship is estranged. It's so fraught. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's a chance. And then when Caroline shows up, you know, it's it felt like I was a 15-year-old <laughs> watching a 15-year-old yeah. and the mother, you know. Yeah. Um, Caroline is, she's really mad she's that her dad mad. died. Yes. You know, and, and Hollis is well aware that. Matthew was the favorite parent. Well, and and Caroline feels that Hollis is was so involved with her website and the filming and then making sure the food was right that it, she didn't have time for them. Yeah. So she's holding that. But it's a time for them to reflect. And I think by the end of the book, they've come to an understanding. Uh, yeah. Caroline kind of grew up a little bit and yeah, more empathetic towards her mother's. Yeah. I, um, I think that... When we're reading the exchanges between them and we know that Hollis is trying really hard to be strong and Caroline is being 20. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and is, you know, sad and there and and does not because we we hear a lot from Hollis's perspective about what it was like to have something of her own that she's built after 20 years of taking care of other people. Right. And I like how often do you hear this story, right? Like I you know I I did the stay at home thing, I, did, I raised the kids, I d- took care of the house, I did the thing and now I have this project that I want to be involved in and not everybody gets that. And I think that that's you know finally they worked through like it wasn't about Hollis not caring about them. It was that right. she was just excited that she had this thing that she was doing on her own. Right. So but I uh, could see like where she could get caught up in that. 100 percent. You know, yep. and and not even realizing that now she's not, um, you know, doing things with her husband yeah. and daughter. So. Oh, and the other thing we should say is on the day that Matthew died. They have a fight. Yes. They have a little tiff before he's leaving for the airport. He's told Hollis that he's going to give a speech at a conference in Germany. Right. And 
she's upset because he's leaving at Christmas time and they have these traditions and she's she wishes that he wouldn't go. And they have this brief but intense exchange before he leaves. And then the next thing she knows, the police are at her door reporting that he's been in a car accident and he's died. And when after he left, she calls, leaves a message. You know, I'm sorry that this is how it played out. I like I want us to work this out. I love you. You know, I let's focus on this when you get back and she doesn't know if he ever if heard, he heard it or not and I that's know. sort of eating at her right. which i can completely understand right um and so there's yeah there was just like every time we turned a page i was like is this where we're gonna get a resolution of something right right and it all <laughs> I mean, we do get those resolutions we but do it is, you have to read the whole book. <laughs> yeah, you don't get resolutions until Before. like the last 50 pages probably, yeah. right? And then yeah. it starts. Um, Everything. But let's talk about Electra for a minute. Oh my. So Electra- What a terrible human being. <laughs> so Electra is in the neighborhood where Brooke and Hollis currently live. And Electra could be what you would call the queen bee. She's a mean girl. Right. And so she... Um, so she, I don't know, five years ago or whatever, she had kicked Brooke and her family out of the rock and roll football Sundays. Which did sound like fun. It did. <laughs> it, it really did. And that's yeah. where they got together for football games and then um, all the kids and all the families and then they'd watch football and then they'd have a dance party afterward and there was always some kind of special drink that uh, yeah. Simon, uh, Electra's husband, would make. And so, um, but one day she just up and says to Brooke, um, we've decided to go in a different direction. Yeah. Change, we're changing the format. It's a, like it's Sunday Fun Day. Like what? Right. How many formats are there for Sunday Fun Day? And this is a text that Brooke gets, and she has no idea why. And and then she um, calls Hollis, and Hollis is like, "Oh, well, yeah, she told me to bring such and such a dip or something like that." So then Brooke knows that it's not. And the thing that, even though Brooke and Hollis were continued to be friends after that hollis never really stood up for brooke in that yeah. respect stood up to electra and said oh hey we're not coming blah 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 she never that's one that was never resolved i think at the end she realizes like there's some she realizes that she didn't stand up to mm-hmm. electra but you know there was no why she didn't i and that was interesting but anyway so uh, Electra, so Brooke is posting on social media that she's going to Nantucket, yeah. and Electra come posts back and said, "Oh, let's meet at such, such and such for a drink," even though they haven't talked for five years. And so they end up do having those drinks and whatever, and then because and then Brooke shows Electra the itinerary, so Electra knows exactly where they're going to be, and she shows up at several different res- restaurants. I. <laughs> In the same color theme. Yeah. Just like if she got in a picture, it would look like she's part of that weekend, you know. Um, But she was definitely the queen bee. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I think that she could not get past the fact that this exclusive invite had gone out and she was not involved at all. Right. Her name wasn't even mentioned. Nope. And um, but I think that after a while, Hollis stopped going to the football things, too. I think so, too. I think their kids aged out of it, or maybe they just stopped doing it. It doesn't matter. But I think that she stopped going after a bit. But yeah, it was it was um, it was interesting that after Hollis knew how upset Brooke was and how mean Electra had been about it. That, but you know, honestly, who among us wants to be 
left out of something. Right. 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 No, I I get what happened. Yes, the right thing to do would have been to say to do it. But also, nobody wants to be excluded. (laughs) Right. Right. And I think, as we were saying, I think on the second go round of this, I was like, no, I yeah, I can. I can I can recall some situations where I regret not doing the thing that after some reflection I should have done. Right. But by then it's like you've it's made you're in it. Too late. You've made right. the decision and it's yeah. hard to undo it. Right. Um and that's not an excuse. It's just you have right. that you have that split second to make a decision and people pick the easy thing. Right. A lot, you know, very often. And right. um I think the as, one that doesn't make waves. And I think that changes maybe as we get older. <laughs> we care a little less. <laughs> What people think. Right. But when you're in, if you're part of a group of people and, and this you, is your neighborhood, and this is, you know, these are the people you've known and hung out with and you, you know, you do the thing with. And then you're like, I I, I get it. I I understand why her snap, her a snap decision was made in the way it was made. Right. I think that she felt bad about it up like later as we read a little bit more about that story. But, so, you know, Electra is the one that pretty much unravels the whole weekend. Yes. Yes. So while Electra and Brooke are having their their one it's not one drink. It's like each of them has a bottle of wine. Right, <laughs> right basically. So, <laughs> so everything's flowing a little easier. Um and I think when they're talking about um when they're talking about Hollis and Matthew and Brooke is like kind of fawning about them. Oh, they were the perfect couple, you know, couple goals, whatever, whatever. And Electra's trying to put into her mind that that's not exactly what was happening because Electra and her husband had run into Matthew and Gigi. They didn't know who Gigi was, but they had run into them somewhere else on vacation or on a trip or whatever. And Electra at the time didn't put it together. Right. But then as part of this weekend, sees her again mm-hmm. and figures it out. Mm-hmm. So, that you know, and honestly, despite the drama, they're they are having more fun than they expected tatum especially tatum did not think she was going to be able to like enjoy living this you know fancy life right (laughs) she was and she was very worried about you know this doctor call and whatever and and um i think she's the one who when she says late in the book like even i had fun here and i was like okay so this wasn't it wasn't all terrible they each had their own thing going on, but Hollis's events sort of distracted them from what was going on. They were they were living their best lives on Nantucket in right, July. Right. And um having only been there the one time in January, not with a lot of people and not when the finest restaurants were open and like I could I could see where if you got an all expenses paid invitation to New York Tucket in July, I'm going despite whatever trauma is coming up, right? Exactly. So um so I think that they 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 were enjoying themselves and they were at their last dinner mm-hmm. and Electra shows up and she drops this bomb. And because they've all grown so fond of Gigi in these couple of days, nobody believes the woman who's coming in and and looks a little unhinged right. <laughs> she's saying these things <laughs> right. and then but then it's true well and Hollis like picked up on some of the things like Atlanta something about how would Electra know that Gigi is from Georgia right, right? you know that kind of so then she starts thinking and by that time Gigi's beelining off 
the property of yeah. the restaurant. Yeah. And she's that's, trying to make her escape. Right. And, yeah. and Hollis chases after her. I Gigi's, Gigi's inner dialogue is one of the more fascinating lines of this, I think, because she 100% knows she shouldn't be here. She's oh, like, this is... right. I am... It's playing like a, with fire here right now. That morbid and, curiosity that she had to know, like, why was Matthew having an affair? Um, what, like, I think she was expecting Hollis to be, you know. A monster. Yeah, yeah. or something, because there had to be some reason that Matthew didn't like Hollis anymore or whatever. Like, yeah. why he was not interested in her, attracted to her anymore. And come to find out there wasn't really anything. No, she really liked Hollis. And Hollis really liked Gigi. Yeah. And... Um, this Matthew and Gigi's affair went on for seven months before he told her he was married. Right. So right. I, you know, there's there are lots of fiction books about people who cheat, and it's that's not always the case. And this is one of those instances where I, it's sort of like Mallory. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I feel I had more empathy for uh, Gigi than Mallory. I know you did. But I feel like in this, I'm not holding so much of this against Gigi. No. Like, should she have cut it off when she found out he was married? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. But she even admits, but but at that point, it was too late. She fell in in love. Yeah. But it was interesting because, you know, one of the questions that Hollis asked Gigi is when she said, you know, by the time he told me he was married, I was already in love with him. And 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 Hollis asks, um, "Did he ever say I love you?" And she said, "No, no, he never, didn't. no." So that was, I felt bad for her. And I did. So when we find out, can I go to the end of this mm-hmm. particular? Okay. So once Hollis and Gigi like hash it out, they figure out. You know, Hollis figures out who Gigi is. Gigi confesses everything. She actually helps put Hollis's mind at ease at the oh, end. Yes. So you'll recall Hollis had left this voicemail to Matthew. I really want to work this out. I, you know, I love you. I hope that, you know, that we can we can figure this out together. And she doesn't know if he's gotten the message. She finds out from Gigi that Matthew, on his way to the airport, called Gigi to say, I'm going to I'm going to do this with my wife. And you, Gigi, deserve someone who is going to make you their number one, yep. not their number two. And I, I I appreciated that he said that. He shouldn't have been sleeping with her in the first, first place. place. But, but I appreciate that that he said this to her. Like, and because she did. She was a great, you know, she seemed like a really nice human, a lot of interesting stories, you know, cool job, whatever, whatever. So she did deserve to be somebody's priority. Um, and so that prompted Hollis to reread or read for the first time the actual accident report where she sees that Matthew's car had actually turned around to come, to come home. home. So for all the things that went sideways in that conversation and in that brief relationship, I was pleased for Hollis that she got that closure. Right. For, you know, out, right. of, out of that terrible conversation. Right. And, you know, now that you say that, I'm thinking about this. So, like, everybody has technically a happy ending, right? So, yeah. I mean, except for Gigi. No, she's dating. Oh, oh. that's... Is she? Yeah. I'll look. Um, but, you know, Drew Ann, it turns out that uh, everybody does see it her way that um, Posey was the person that uh, was talking about taking oh, her back to Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, she was 
disrespecting people with mental health because she's using that as an excuse to go see her boyfriend play in a turn- golf tournament. So she, uh, so Druanne gets the head. Tatum gets the results that are negative. She doesn't have breast cancer. Brooke is a whole nother story. <laughs> She decides she's divorcing her husband and she realizes something else about herself, which we'll get to in a bit. I feel like we maybe should hold that one back. I feel like that's a really good reveal in the book. And then, um, and then, so Tatum Dray. And then Hollis gets the closure of the death that he was actually returning back to her. But, you know, I just don't, there's, I think you're right that maybe she is dating someone. No, I was wrong. Oh. um, it's Brooke who's dating someone. Oh, it's Brooke, yes, who's, it was dating. Brooke who's dating so, someone. Yeah, so but Gigi doesn't get, you don't get the, any closure for her. Well, we, all we know is that when they're all going on vacation together, she's the pilot on their plane. Yes. Yep. And so it. Hollis has imagined that she's, she uses the lights feature on her website and she's hopeful that Gigi has found someone right. to, you know, to right. share her life. And that's with. the one unknown that we have. Yeah. I think that's okay. I think, you know. I suppose it is, but I would like to know that she found someone that would make her number one. Yeah, I think that we should just assume so. Assume so. Yeah, I, I don't think Ellen leaves us ever with um, an unresolved sad thing. <laughs> Are you I can't, sure? I can't think of. Well, I mean, no. it's twenty nine books, so maybe, <laughs> but nothing is like jumping to mind that it's that there's a a sad a sad situation that's unresolved. Oh, okay. She leave. I've cried plenty of times right. reading these okay. books, but I I don't know that we've ever left anything that's been uncertain that has been sad okay maybe yes i'll agree with that yes ellen if you're listening you could (laughs) drop us a message and let us know (laughs) so uh okay so you so we covered hollis and caroline and tatum is gonna be fine and Duran's people all retract all their demands for apologies and resignations and firings and all that stuff because it turns out that she you know, these things were said about her out of context. Right. Yeah. So, um, and then, yeah. And Brooke's ending, I think people, it's a fun one to find out on your own. Right. Um, So Brooke, of course, you know, she's married to Charlie. Um, He, for years, and has been in many lawsuits about sexual harassment against. And so um, just before she leaves for Nantucket, the police arrive at the door ready to serve him with another lawsuit yep. because he sexually harassed somebody at the But office. it's just a joke, though. Oh, right. It's just <laughs> isn't, funny. Isn't that what they all say? Yeah. And um, I, I thought it was fine because we were just messing around. <laughs> I thought she was cool. Yeah. <laughs> As is, I was like, whoa, this is right. so gross. <laughs> so, um, so, and, you know, he's like a baby, you know, it's like, and so... She tells the police, well, no, he's at work. So he comes home and and, uh, she says, so did the police find you? And then he just like starts sobbing. Yeah. Throwing himself down on the bed and starts sobbing like a baby. It's not fair. Family that would do this to me. So anyway, so she leaves for Nantucket and and he actually shows up on the island. Oh, that was awful. Drunk. um, Telling her, like he's he's made... uh, reservations at the most expensive resort on the island and dinner and stuff and he's been fired from his job for this this time so um and so they the girls all gather and kind of kick him off the property is not having it yeah drew in (laughs) so um but then she um they go out dancing at the chicken box um and they're all drinking and stuff and so she um 
is out on the dance floor and these young guys, you know, start dancing with her stuff. So Drew Ann goes out there sort of to save her and they start dancing together and stuff. And then they're the only ones left and they go to the pizza joint next door. And and it's been just this they're drunk and it's been this evening and Brooke tries to kiss Drew Ann. Yeah. And Drew Ann's like, whoa, wait a minute here. And yeah. then uh, so Brooke has an epiphany. Yeah. After all this years of being married to Charlie that maybe she's not attracted to men that she's attracted to women yeah yeah that was the one that was the the storyline that took me the most by surprise yes yeah and um, even the second time like the resolution I'm sure I, yep. I, I read it the first time but I didn't remember that yeah so and I I mean obviously had we not known about Gigi that would have been the one but we're privy to that from the very beginning right. of the story right and um so you feel a little bit for Hollis, she's like hosting this woman who's right, you know, was doing these things. But yeah, Brooks, Brooks' resolution, I think, was the most surprising. But it, it made it made total sense to her after all mm-hmm. these years. Like once it, the light, like she's on the boat, one of their, uh, <laughs> one of their uh, itineraries. Yeah, one yeah. of the itineraries was to be on the boat out in the. You know, and uh, so they go. But she's telling some young guy who's just who works on the boat that yeah. she just realized she's gay. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh, well, congratulations. Well, and I think that's one of my favorite lines in the whole book is when there when she's like she loves kids of this generation or something. You know, it's some like really complimentary thing about the future generations. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Yeah. Um, I, did you feel a little bit like so? Fast forward to Ellen's retirement, and she's already said that she's going to write a few books with her daughter, mm-hmm. who is 17. Right. And I, But I felt like her kids had some influence on the younger characters in this book, too. Mm. I, um, I, I don't like to admit this, but I have to look up some current slang. <laughs> Right. When I'm reading new things. <laughs> and I had to do that a little bit here. And I was like, there were some teens involved in this, right. I feel like. Yes. Um, but I like overall, I I enjoyed the story enough. This I, Like you, I liked it better the second time through. Yeah. Um, it made me think about if I was going to host my own five star weekend, like, where am I going? I don't know. Right. Do I love somewhere enough to take five people who don't know each other right. to a place my and, my experience or do I, is no. Or do I want to protect those places in right. case all this drama unfolds, right? Right. But also, it made me think about, like, who who would I call? I, I am admittedly not the best at maintaining over time. If we don't see each other, I'm not great at it. I don't, right. it's not that I don't like you. It's not that I don't miss you. But I, I'm not the best about reaching out. So, I mean, it's not a thing that I like about myself. I would love to be able to say that I've known someone since I was three and we're still, you know, in close contact. But I'm not very good at that. Nope. But um, if I thought about the one or two people who I might call on, I like I wonder if they would be surprised (laughs) that I called them. (laughs) And they'd be like, why is she calling me now? Right. Right. Because it's been 25 years or whatever. Right. But um, but I it would be a fun thing to plan. But I think that you would have it would be a. A, a difficult thing to plan to make I sure that you think, were though with 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 uh, Hollis's people. She still is in contact with these people. Yeah. Separately. So yeah, right. But so like for me to reach out with to somebody that I haven't from high school, 
I'm trying to think if there's anybody I still talk to from high school, and I can't think of anybody that I still talk to from high school. (laughs) So, you know, it's like, so for me to reach out from that part of my life, I wouldn't be able to do it, you know, like, nor would I feel comfortable doing it. It's it's an interesting reflection. And I'll tell you that this was compounded by the fact that I'm cleaning out my basement right now. And I found two boxes that I didn't know were downstairs full of photo albums and yearbooks and stuff. So you know how when you're cleaning out a closet, you get into a box like that? It totally derails what you're doing. So Uh I spent two evenings last week (laughs) flipping through, you know, 10 photo albums of like my, these are actual printed photos. So, you know, they're from like the 90s, right? And and some of them were from the 80s. And so like... I just went through all of those books, and then I read this book again. So I was like, those people were sort of at the front of my mind. Yeah. So it was a little bit, the timing was a little weird for to reread this. But um, I think it would be a fun thing to do, especially if I had enough disposable income that we could just do whatever we wanted. <laughs> right. <laughs> I feel like you would have to know, like, I mean, she's from Nantucket, right? Hollis yeah. is from Nantucket. Yeah. And- so she knows all the places and she's a summer person now. So she knows all and she can afford all the expensive places. Yeah. Right. She can get all the good reservations. And, you know, you'd look at the contrast between Tatum, who stayed on the island and Howis, who left the island, buried a doctor, became wealthy. Yeah. And Tatum is still struggling. I mean, it's not that they're not doing well, but money, you can't yeah. just go to the, not no object. the Nautilus or whatever to have dinner in the round table, the captain's table right. or whatever. Right. Yeah. She's not, you know, she just doesn't have that kind of income. So, yeah. No. yeah. Anyway. Um, I think, yeah, for 29, the, the 29th story about Nantucket, I still learned a few new things I didn't know about the island. Right. There were some new places mentioned. Um, I do love that she keeps bringing back Blonde Sharon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm curious to see how she's going to appear or if, she, you know, what her um, impact is on book 30, which is not due out now for June four right. more months yep so yep. yeah I have mine on pre-order do you I do I I don't know if I did it or not I'll have to look because you get that I little wallpaper yeah. yeah yeah that was cute <laughs> yep yep so yeah all right anything else you want to say about the five-star weekend nope I no think- okay mm-hmm. all right so um for our next episode which we promise will come sooner than <laughs> four months <from> right <laughs> we'll be back in February um we're going to read everyone here is lined by okay. Sherry Lapina okay Yep. And um, so we're going to do a little mystery for the sort of anti-Valentine's Day theme in February. So we'll be back for that. Um, I don't like to date these episodes, but go Lions, because Detroit is is wild right now. Um, We're we're excited around here for the the Lions and their success so far this season, even if they don't make it any further. I think they're everyone's darlings right now. So... Mm -hmm. um, So, yeah, we're excited about that. And we will talk to you again in February with our mystery choice. Mm -hmm. Thanks for listening. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.